You're listening to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, brought to you by Phil Better Inc. If you want to take your podcast to the next level, make sure you book your free 15-minute call with Phil Better, the podcast mogul, at www.philbetterinc.com. Welcome back to Investing Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most feel better. And today we have the Dreamer CEO himself, Daniel Manjan, on the podcast. And uh, Daniel, I want to thank you so much for being a guest. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me, first and foremost. And thanks for the fun play with accents that we did just before, <laughs> just before everything started, which people will hear at the bloopers. So if you've never, ever listened to the bloopers before, be sure to hang around for the real gold after the music um, <laughs> really hoping you weren't going to promote that now, now it's going to be even worse i love it <sighs> brilliant uh well I'm, I'm dad daniel whichever one you prefer um two of my sisters actually call me donut that's a deep dark secret that's gone on for the last 30 years but uh, yeah i'm a international speaker now everybody's an international speaker because everything's virtual so yeah. there you go uh, but i'm a speaker i'm an author i've written a few books uh, i do some podcasting which is pretty darn cool too I do blogs, I write for a couple of magazines like Entrepreneur Mag and some other magazines. But really what I'm super duper passionate about is this, having a conscious relationship to what's showing up in our life. That includes our business, our relationships, our health. And I focus on using financial abundance and the creation of that to develop the capacity to create what we want in our lives. I love it. I love it. It's uh, amazing. I, I Actually, you're, you're selling yourself short. You're not... You've authored a few books. You've authored like at least four to five books on your website here. Like, no, no, I'm not that great. No, no, please, please. Um, but yeah, you have a you have a great couple of books out. You have an amazing podcast that I just started listening to. Thank you. Um, great conversations. I love these types of podcasts where you're learning from different people because it's just it's you're getting to spend like maybe thirty minutes to an hour having mm-hmm. a masterclass, you know, with these people who have done mm. it before you and may have faced troubles that you can be facing right now and it just plops into your life at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, I found I found that with interviewing entrepreneurs. I'd hit a problem out in my uh, business and then all of a sudden uh, an interview pops up with the exact answer I need. <laughs> I love it. Um, Wonderful. But, Daniel, this is more a story about how you've become an entrepreneur and you've used the uh, abundance principle for finance. Um, how did you get started as an entrepreneur? What was like your first entrepreneurial venture, if you will? I think every entrepreneur who's worth their salt either started off with something to do with breakfast in bed, forcing family members to buy stuff from them, <laughs> some kind of car washing service. So I did have that, but um, my my I would have to say that my real entrepreneurial journey began because for me entrepreneurship isn't just selling things it's not just having a business it's creating value for people and being remunerated for it mm-hmm. and what actually happened was my so my family are from Zimbabwe my mum and dad are from Zimbabwe they migrated in the 70s to the UK and up until I was about 14 or 15 we'd go back there every year back to Zimbabwe and I would always look for little bits and pieces of stationery and stuff that I could get on the cheap and then bring home and sell to people at school and I, I started getting um uh, rulers I get for the equivalent of like two pence each and sell them for like 10 20p each um probably going to get into trouble for this now but I even found um, some uh fake night watches that I was getting for like five pounds they had like they were so co- they looked so good though they were like they had like the tick and all the thing and they would have like color changing faces and I get them for like five pounds and I'd sold them for 20 quid um to the kids at school so 
there was I had a, a tuck shop at school as well, which was a, good, a lot of good fun. But I'd say in terms of really dealing with people that I don't know, it's when I taught myself to make computers when I was 12 or 13 years old. I advertised in a newspaper called The Loot newspaper. And the really cool thing about The Loot was that it was free to advertise. So what I did was, is I'd have some representative configurations of computers I'd advertise in The Loot. People would call in the order. I'd then get the money from them, buy the bits and pieces from the computer firm online, build the computer out, and then sell it to them. And then I found a company called Novatech Computers that effectively did dropshipping. They had unbranded dropshipping, dropshippable computers. So I had, I got into a situation whereby I used basic configurations that they had. They would send the computer to them or the, the, the laptop out to the customer and I'd get the invoice. So I could, I could make my spread with that. And I had my first big pay, payday when I was 14. I made five grand on one order. I was really happy about that. I've got some new shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, success right out of the gate. Here we go. Wow. That for a 13, 14 year old, five G's is yeah. like that. That's a million dollars. You can do yeah. so much. Yeah, I've got some Reebok classics um, from, from, I think it was from JD Sports. So it had this ice blue um, Reebok strip and these um, see through plastic rubber sole. They were like so fancy. <laughs> and we look back and we're like, why did I wear that? Why did I wear that? But it was Why the it I was all the rave. That is that's an rage. amazing like start. Like thirteen. Wow, I'm I'm flabbergasted. Um, then uh, I like this because your first success being an entrepreneur, you know, your your computer business, and then your f your first failure are kind of the, <laughs> the exact same <laughs> situation. What happened there? Oh, man. You know, Phil, we're talking, you know, about being on podcasts and getting to learn from people and, and interview people and all the stuff. But I had a lot of success out of the gate, right? And that's a blessing and a curse because without being tested by life <laughs> and without facing those bumps that you can get early on, I was completely undeterred. So I got into what people now call quote unquote manifesting when I was about 16. Okay. Okay. So I started reading books by, you know, Nightingale Connett and listening to CD audios from them and reading precursors to the secret. The secret's like the, the fluffy colored yeah. grandchild. I was reading like old school. One or two generations yeah. back, like uh... yeah, the nineteen twenties guys, like you know Wallace D. Wattles and Charles F. Arnold. I was reading those guys um, and studying, you know, early Napoleon Hill stuff. When I was like sixteen, seventeen, this what I got into. I read Psycho Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz when I was seventeen and a half. So well, I got just an overachiever are uh, there, <laughs> just like reading. But I really got into this thing of using the mind to create. Okay, using visualization, and and I was pretty darn good at it. And I managed to construct with basically because I had no absolutely zero limiting belief in my head that I could do it a multi-million pound company by the age of 19 with a load of friends well a friend and the friend's brother and their friends that, that's not the important thing the point was that I had no business being 19 years old running around doing import export I was doing like multi-million pound property deals I I didn't even bought like my first, my first purchase was like a 
three million flip. <laughs> Like, at 19 like whoa like so what was i doing so just to let you know season three is rolling out as we're recording this mm -hmm. uh it ends with morgan t nelson an mm -hmm. australian who became financially free at 23 mm -hmm. by um i believe it was just uh side hustling and just building mm -hmm. building building wealth and all that and so hearing you you were running your your, your first purchase like it's like you know, a little humble brag here my first yeah. purchase was a flip <laughs> At 1.9 million, you know, just like it's something everybody does nowadays. Yeah, but it's something I, I really shouldn't have been doing is the long and short of it. Because yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like making it up as I went along. Like I didn't understand that you needed like a conveyancer. So I was like, oh yeah, I need to like find a solicitor to do like the, the title, the effective our version of the title closing. Okay, so how does this work? Okay, I need to do this and do that. Shouldn't have been doing it. And it all came to a cropper for me. Because little did I know, but so the way that I'd funded everything basically was getting friends and families and friends of family and friends of friends to put money into the business for us to do these deals that we're doing. So if we wanted to do a shipment of mobile phones, for example, and we needed a couple hundred grand for it, we'd get some bank financing and people would invest. We'd give them return on their investment and so on and so forth. And we'd tick along and that's illegal. Oh. That's illegal because you are not allowed to take investments from people unless you are licensed to do so. So lo and behold, about eight months into this rock and rolling business, when everything's going in, we get a knock on the door. It's like, no, you, you can't do this. Whole place gets shut down. They freeze all the accounts, freeze everything, and say, we're going to have to investigate this. So of course, I'm like, well, it's just a bump in the road. <laughs> Let's see what we can do next. Yeah, because by this time, I think I'm 20 by this time, right? So I haven't had any bumps. All I've had, and I've got this completely... Uh, Certainty isn't even the right word. I have this knowing that anything I do is going to go to God. There was a book I read by a guy called Stuart Goldsmith called The Midas Method, and I really believed that I had the Midas touch. And it was evident because nothing had really gone wrong up until that point. So I went off. Um, people started paying me like a thousand pounds an hour to pick my brain because they were fascinated with this kid who had done this. So I built that up in a soul. People will pay me just to think for them. So I built up a consulting business built that up until I was getting paid six figures for consulting on projects. And I managed to accumulate then another multi-million pound fortune. This time I said, I'm going to be smart. I'm probably on a radar because they're still investigating the other thing. I'm going to put everything in other people's names. Oh. <laughs> Suffice to say the second time, everyone just sort of ran off with everything. <laughs> I, can, I can understand. I can understand. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they came back with the investigation on the first one. I said, yeah, this is illegal. And they threw me in jail for having an unlicensed investment business. So I had this complete implosion of losing everything the second time, losing my freedom for the first business going to pants and realizing that I don't actually know everything, which was a very painful lesson for a 23, 24 year old kid to learn. And so the journey for me for the last, where are we now? 14, 15 years started off with me looking at this mess, for want of a better phrase, um, coming to terms with the fact that I'm not an omnipotent, omniscient, divine being that knows everything. I'm a human that makes mistakes and feeling nothing but shame, regret, and stupidity for running around for the past few years thinking that I knew everything. And uh, I set off to go and commit suicide. And that's where the journey actually began for me. Jesus. 
that took a turn. <laughs> that was <laughs> a hell of a turn, man. Like, <laughs> you know, like, okay, I'm going down this great road, then like left turn, like a hard left. Yeah, hard left. Wow. So after the, uh, well, obviously the suicide didn't go through, mm-hmm. but what stopped, what stopped you from fully committing suicide? Are you ready for it? Um, well, I wouldn't ask if I wasn't. <laughs> So I went from being so deathly certain that I could do everything to feeling so ridiculously beliefless in myself. I was frightened that I would try and I would fail. Something would go wrong. And so I didn't want to fail at something else on top of everything else. And I especially didn't want to be that loser that couldn't even take his own life on top of everything else. So what actually happened was I hit pause and I said, I'm going to work out what went wrong because obviously something did work because I was able to build things up, yeah. but they didn't stay. So I need to find out what the missing pieces are. And so I set off to fix my quote unquote manifesting powers so I could manifest my suicide without it going wrong. And that was the mission that I dedicated myself to. So your fear of failure, yes. in a sense, stopped you from committing suicide. Saved my life. That is... <laughs> Look, I'm, first of all, I'm happy that your fear of failure uh, succeeded. May as well. Stopping you from committing that suicide. But that is the, most people have a fear of failure and it's not that grave because like committing suicide is kind of like one of the easiest things not to mess up. Yeah. But if you've never failed, I'm still flabbergasted by that. I'm like. Because for me, it wouldn't that failing at committing suicide wouldn't have even factored into my mind. Mine would yeah. have been like my family. Like that, it would go back to no. what my family would be struggling with if I pat. Like I, I. But this is the thing. So I found out three years later that I had Asperger's. I didn't know that I was autistic. Oh. So I spent my entire life not knowing that I was on the autistic spectrum, which explains how I was able to map out things, even the way that I operate in the world now. But I also understand that whole decision-making process now that I understand how an autistic brain works because for me it's like well I'm not adding anything to people's lives I'm actually going to be more of a burden brought shame on the family name as well be better if I just kind of just took myself out of the picture obviously this didn't work out and then going logically through the process of actually mapping out okay if I try this that's not going to work because of that if if I try that that might happen if I try that that might happen okay we don't have a surefire way of doing this Let's make sure that we do have a surefire way and then we'll go for it. And then ended up accidentally, basically, over the next few years, spending so much time polluting my brain with positive content that I accidentally reprogrammed it away from suicide. There was no time when I was like, oh, I choose life now. Kind of. It just rolled up on you. It just kind of rolled up on me that, oh, hang on a minute. I'm rebuilding my life. I've started a new business. the girl that I was with stuck by me through the whole thing and was like a great support. Uh, I was working, um, I worked in a call center for a little bit while I was building up my, my next business, which I'm built up to multiple seven figures, which stayed over <laughs> a few years. Yeah. Thankfully there's been no big losses uh, since then, but um, I was like, Oh, 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 Oh yeah. I'm not really continuing with that old mission anymore. I'm kind of just choosing life, but I have no doubt. And this is when I talk to people about, the importance of the inputs that we're using, what's going on in our environment. I say to them, dude, I've got the most drastic evidence that this is the case because 
this wasn't an emotion. Suicide for me wasn't like this emotional decision. Like, oh my God, like, oh, I'm so deep and depressed and blah, blah, blah. No, it wasn't that. It was, okay, this is the most sensible, logical thing to do. I just need to map it out carefully. And for a while, I, I, um, I volunteered for an organization called the Samaritans, which is a suicide hotline. As I was, and I actually joined that whilst I was still in the throes of my own situation because I really wanted to understand more mindsets of people going through that decision-making process. And it also helped me to understand myself as well. This was a very clearly thought out decision. It wasn't a, an, a, an emotional one at all. And I was committed to it. There was no like wavering. I was very committed. And even with that commitment to go in one way, because the inputs that I was pummeling my mind with on a daily basis, reading books, listening to tapes, going back over old science papers, going over everything, there was no space in my mental or internal environment for life going away because all the positivity was pushing me towards life. And that's where I ended up um, leaning into. I love it. I love how you poisoned yourself with positivity. Uh, exactly. That's right. It worked out great. No, that's, that is, uh, no, I, I love, I'm slowly doing the manifestation, reading up on the manifestation I have, uh, uh, Think and Grow Rich. I have the Four Hour Work mm -hmm. Week, which is a, another mm -hmm. great book on uh, mm -hmm. helping you manifest everything and using the universe and principles that have already been set out to help you. So, mm -hmm. no, I see the benefit already of the manifestation. So, hearing like it literally changed your full life and where you went, I'm like, <laughs> damn! Like it, 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 for two, two two reasons. Like it, ha you have two case studies in your life. You have. Look, mm -hmm. I, I was able, with the mindset of no limiting belief, create two amazing businesses, but unfortunately they did go under and I suffered because of not properly understanding. And then you mm -hmm. use the power of positivity and manifesting, you know, to one, figure out how to commit suicide so you didn't fail, but it ended up turning mm -hmm. into being a success or so choosing life and being successful. That's, that's phenomenal. Mm. You you do I'm deserve the uh, dreamer CEO. In my <laughs> it's like one hundred percent real. Well, the thing is, is that you know, looking back at the things that went wrong before and what the journey took me to, because my book Stepping Beyond Intention and my Beyond Intention Paradigm, that really comes off the back of going back through that whole process and working out the clear steps that I went through, so that I can re replicate it consciously. I also came to understand what had gone wrong before. And, and, and it's one of the reasons why I'm such a fierce proponent of what I call alignment today, because a lot of people have the opportunity for success in their business, success in their finances, success in their relationships, their health or what have you. But the focus is just on one area. And that focus on one area actually leaves them open to not having any movement or progress in the others. For me, my mind was on point. You couldn't, this thing, this thing that it, it was on, but... I didn't have an emotional relationship to what I was seeking to create because I hadn't even factored that in. When people talk about vibe and frequency and all of those things, vibration and blah, blah, blah. All what we're talking about is a measurable representation of what's going on in our emotional field. And unless that has the capacity to hold what you wanna create, it's not gonna happen. Ergo me, who grew up in a very conservative Christian home where money and abundance and great wealth wasn't something that was practiced as for you to go into. So I had no relationship to that. And then the other thing is what we're doing physically, our habits, our behaviors, our choices, what's going on in our environment. I had no experience. I was 19 years old. I had zero experience with the systems and stuff that need to be in place. That's why understanding what's going on with your frequency, your, your emotional state, 
and having that tuned in. And that's why having the right guidance, having the right mentorship, having the right coaches, having the right leaders who are giving you the, the right playbook is so essential. Because if I wasn't such an arrogant little toe rag and was open to actually being supported, no, no, seriously, Phil, I was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I find it so comical when someone go, calls their past self like a degenerate, an idiot, a fool. It's just like, yeah, I've done that too. I've called myself that a lot of times. Too. So it's, it's reassuring that other people have yeah, that issue. Uh, but, but it's true because I, I do feel like I, I am a completely different person. I definitely feel that I had a death and rebirth through, through this whole journey that I've been on because I had no capacity to listen to what other people had to say. And when I look back, even simple things like having a business advisor, having conversations with uh, the bank, for example, about what the do's and don'ts are. You know, I was able basically to go out and deal with this without getting the right counseling. And that's one of the things I'm very passionate about now. And it's one of the things that from a philanthropic perspective, I'm gonna be putting a lot of energy into over the coming years is looking for people like me who have potential to add great value to the world of business, great value to the world as a whole, but don't have the leadership, don't have the guidance, don't have the mentorship that's going to point them in the right direction. I think that's a fabulous goal, and I, I applaud it because you, we, we need those types of lessons. We need those. We need more of those mentors in the world to to start putting people. Not that school does so, only so much. Like school can only give you just general knowledge, but it doesn't give you the how to be a better person, how to you know, mm. use a business to help improve someone else's life so mm. that it's not a dog-eat-dog -dog world, but hey, there's enough food for everybody. Exactly. Because that's mm. what we need more of. We need more po being poisoned by positivity, yeah. if you will. Um, <laughs> exactly. And I'm, I fully support that, and I would definitely, definitely figure out how I can help you there because that's that's a goal I have I want I want to help people as much as possible because everybody has a great unique story that should be shared and you know mm. either their success is celebrated and their failures you know taken as a lessons to uh watch out for so no exactly. I love how you're you're doing that with your philanthropic uh activities um so much Dan. <laughs> it's like oh my god um so we did that we did that um what's going on next so like what what is next for dan right now like where do you see yourself in the next like five years right now we're doing a lot of consolidation um there's been rapid growth in the business where you know that I, I moved out of consulting and moved into the personal development world you know, we're doing seven figures now in the business, but we're just making everything automated, making sure we've got the right team members, um, getting out there with the message, getting on more podcasts, speaking to audiences such as yours and putting these concepts in their minds so they can do things differently, writing more. Uh, I do have another book called Stop Meditating that I want to get out. Um, I was planning to finish writing it this year, but I actually just did a, re a, a new edition of my book, Stepping Beyond Intention, which we released this week. Uh, which we're sort of getting in people's hands and um, my book Money Game, we're getting that in people's hands as well and getting some audio books of that. Uh, so just really consolidating that and getting ready for the next steps. Like I said, I want to get the Mindful Business Network out there. Um, that's definitely something I want to have done in the next couple of years. I've got a new baby. My, my son is six and a half months old as well. Congratulations so I've been tied, on that. Thank you. thank you. I've been tied up with daddy stuff as well, sort of getting that, getting that locked in. So there's a few logistical life things. Um, that I'm just grooving into uh, and getting some consolidation because I think having a, a solid foundation is very, very 
important mm-hmm. um, for moving forward. And we've got a lot more stuff that we want to do. We want to touch a lot more people's lives. We get to connect with a couple hundred thousand people across social media and emails and podcasts and stuff like that. But um, we want to get that into the millions of people whose lives we're touching. And that requires a solid foundation. And that's what we're, we're locking in right now. I love it. Um, I'm actually on your website because there's a question I was like, oh, I have to ask you about this. Um, <laughs> it's the reality transurfing. <laughs> so for people, th- this is the brief that you give on your website. Um, it's what is reality transurfing? Written by Russian physicist Vladimir Zeland. Reali- reality transurfing is an international best-selling book. It was one of the top selling nonfiction books of 2005, uh, 2005, 2005 and 2006. The incredible Modatili uses theoretical physics to describe how we can scientifically apply the laws of the universe to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Reality transurfing is bad, but I didn't say the other version of that because I, I didn't know if we were family friendly show, but it's bad, but it's really, really cool. Um, I stumbled upon reality transurfing through a friend of mine called Julia um, she's like, Dee, I've been listening more and more to what you're you're talking about. I think you need to check this work out. So I, I, I checked out the, the work and it's it's where I had been going with the alignment stuff that I've been talking about. Um, Vadim goes further because he talks about the structure of the reality, the nature of how information translates into physical form, into matter. Um, he, he deals delves a lot into the thought form, but most importantly, how our actions really feed into what's going on with what we create. He describes reality as a three-dimensional mirror where we've got a feedback loop between us and the, the, the mirror reflection, which are actually just two halves of reality as a whole, and how we can use a dance between those in order to create what we want. Um, it speaks about what we're doing with our energy levels, how we're directing our thoughts and the actions that we're taking in order to create. Uh, there's a very deep esoteric side to it. Um, where I dance is more the practical side of it. I, I got my certification to be a, a coach and, and instructor last year. And since then, I, I run a study group and some other really cool stuff around reality transfer, but really grounding it so it doesn't become another space cadet, um, <laughs> another <laughs> collection of space cadets, but something practical that we can use to create our reality. I love that. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to pick up that book. Um to learn more about it because that seems super interesting obviously i'm going to be picking up your books uh in the coming weeks well well drop us a drop us a a line we'll we'll send a book box over to you oh thank you so much i'll definitely do that after the podcast um so we're i want to ask this because we're coming up to uh near the end of the podcast um something that i always like is i'm a voracious book eater uh i love reading books so definitely reality transurfing one of your books but apart from those two books Mm-hmm. entrepreneur jumping into the world mm-hmm. or for personal use, what book do you mm-hmm. always recommend or book you would recommend? When it comes to entrepreneurship, uh, and this is even like when I'm, I'm you know, offering, making offerings to, to entrepreneurs, I always say at the end of the day, entrepreneur, your entrepreneurship journey is going to be a reflection of your own personal journey, mm-hmm. right? If there are unhealed things in you, it's going to sharpen your business. Um, at the end of the day, if your business is going to be monetarily successful, then you need to have a healthy relationship to money within yourself. So what I always tell people is get to understand yourself. When you understand yourself, you're going to see where your shortcomings are. Is it the emotional relationship like I spoke about before? 
is it mental or is it strategic? There are people like me that have got their minds on point. They've got the emotional stuff locked down. It's strategy, in which point I would say, look for a leader in your space that you can learn from in print and track their story. Get some inspiration from that. If it's the mind that's, uh, that's running short, I would definitely say The Master Key System by Charles F. Hartnell. It's, uh, it's basically a workbook that takes you through dominion over your mind and how to use it to create solid thought forms that you can create. When it comes down to managing your emotional relationship to money as a whole, I would say it's about really developing a healthy relationship with yourself. If someone's going down that road, I would definitely suggest a book called uh, Relating Revolution by two friends of mine, Chris, that's K-R-I-S, and Menal, M-E-E-N-A-L, Kelkai, K-E-L-K-A-R. Their book on relationships is fascinating because it looks at relational fields as something that always comes from us. So we can heal our relationship to people, to places, to things, including money, by changing our relationship to ourselves. And that's a great place to have a healthy relational space to develop the right mindset. And then find a leader in your industry or in your, your chosen field and track their story so that you've got something that you can follow. That's what I would say. A wise, wise advice. Like, <laughs> my God. Um, this is the best, one of the best episodes of my podcast I think I've ever had. Um, <laughs> just so inspiring, so amazing. I, I love it. And the thought is, because I'm an analytical person, seeing that you've you've taken somewhat, it's not a this magical thing in the sky it's an actual like here's proof in the pudding like i've done it so it's proof so mm -hmm. thank you so much for that uh daniel i'm going to jump off screen i'm going to give you the last five minutes let my audience know where they can find you how they can get in contact with you uh so that if they want to learn more about you and reality transurfing and <laughs> positivity uh, they can find you so here you go sir well, I would say that the best place to, 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 to start building a relationship with me and the work that I do is at dreamwithdan.com. Very easy to remember. There's a cool resource on there called How to Be a Harmonious Money Magnet. It's a video that I created. The reason why I suggest doing that, regardless of what your challenge is, is because when you understand how you can develop a conscious relationship to creating anything, you can apply it to everything. Money is a very tangible thing that you can use. If you go out to create a certain amount of money and it doesn't happen, you know something's wrong. If it does happen, you know that your process works and then you can apply it to anything else. Uh, at the end of the day, entrepreneurship, like I said, I believe it's an, an extension of who we are, what we're putting into the world. I believe it's one of the most beautiful uh, representations of the creative process because it does add value to others. And if you do choose to continue your journey with us, the opportunity to do that is definitely on the website. But I would say to everyone, go ahead and grab that video, How to Be a Harmonious Money Magnet. It's about a 30-minute video that will take you through exactly my ideas, processes from my own personal journey. The same thing that people that made millions of dollars of our work, hundreds of thousands, create freedom, healthy relationships and all the things that they follow too. And that's what I'd suggest. So as he was talking, I did just send in to get the video because I, <laughs> hey, it's a free resource. I'm, and it's a movie that I can learn. So why not, you know, get the, get the inputs and see, uh, it's, it did, do power for you, so it might as well uh, help me out somehow. Uh, Dan, I want to thank you again for being a guest and being so open and amazing with your story of entrepreneurship and sharing so much 
so much knowledge with us here uh, on the podcast. Uh, I can't thank you enough. The show notes will have obviously all his social media handles and where you can contact Dan because uh, if you enjoyed this short talk, I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy his podcast, but also work if you work with him uh, or when you work with him. That's it. When you work with him. <laughs> the ifs to when. Um, I am, of course, Phil Better. He is Dan Magenta, the Dreamer CEO. I want to thank you all and remember to invest in yourself. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to this awesome episode. Um, I do have a small favor to ask you. If you could go over to Apple Podcasts, if you're using Apple Podcasts, go over and just leave us a five-star review just to let us know what you liked about the episodes, what you're liking about the season, and maybe some upcoming guests you'd love to see on the show. So again, just go over to Apple Podcasts, search Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, and then leave us a five-star review. It would mean so much to us. I thank you for listening and we will see you in the next episode welcome to investing yourself the digital entrepreneur podcast i am your host with the most feel better and today i have the dreamer ceo himself daniel man ah oh, how do you say your last name daniel we've got to leave this one in oh yeah no, this, is, this is going to be the bloopers at the end it's always at the end, <laughs> after the music so a half half of nobody listens to it you know mangena is a hard thing Mangana. Yeah, Mangana. Mangana. Just let it roll off the tongue. Mangana. Like I'm in yeah, Mangana. Mangana. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Go again.